0: One of my friends told me I need a, I need some kind of intro, like some kind of intro music and like ending music, but like, I don't know where to get that. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess welcome to Coalition M, everybody. My name is Carson Lopez. I'll be your host tonight and you're listening to KFHS radio. I have with me tonight, would you like to introduce yourself or would you like me to introduce you?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm already here, so my name is Eli, currently Jarnot. I'm getting my name legally changed, so cool, in cool. a month or two, it's going to be Eli Barzeski.
0: Eli Barzeski. Cool, cool. How long How long until you finally get that officially done? Um, so, done
1: <laughs> recently got a new job, and uh, part of the process, because I have the court order all already figured out. Okay. Went to court, got the thing signed. Uh, When you turn in uh your social security card, you then, like, turn in your uh, photo ID, so, like, your license, your birth certificate. So okay. then it's kind of, like, during that time frame, you, like, don't have any ID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, like, usually when you get hired at jobs, they require, like, we need a scan in social your photo security, ID and stuff photo like that. Social yeah. um, So probably, like, definitely over the summer, because then my moment of job transition will be done, so mm-hmm. then I can go back to, like, personal transition
2: cool
0: well i hope that they speed it up for you and in that regards so (laughs) (laughs) it's been a long time yeah good well i'm glad that you get to do that and that you get to call yourself officially what you like very very soon that's very cool so eli how have you been
1: oh i mean i've been good uh again like just with like the job transition lately um just kind of like trying to challenge myself not always be stuck doing the same thing, you know, yeah. seeing what the next step in my life is. Yeah, uh, for sure. But things are now falling into place. Like I also got a new apartment. Uh actually I signed the lease today. Oh good. To well congratulations. Deposit. Very cool. So moving to an actual like house. Still renting it, Woo-hoo! but like going from an apartment to a house. So yeah. like, we're moving up in the world.
0: Awesome. Cool. I used to live with T J
1: yeah, I'm still in with TJ, cool. and then uh, Drew is going to third roommate. You might have known. he works at the. Yeah, desk. I know Drew. Yeah. yeah, Ginger. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> both of them. Are, yeah, I know. Yes. Do you know Drew's them, girlfriend? She's Hannah. Also cute. So. Hannah. Girl. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I she was my resident last year. Yeah. Yeah. I know Hannah. Yeah. They're all both great of people. them are super cute. Yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> I hope they listen to this and are like super embarrassed. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. I have brought my friend Eli on tonight, um, basically to just talk, um, Eli is, I'll let you get into this more too, so Eli is very much a, um, a mental health activist, LGBT activist, um, has, you know, a lot to say on behalf of both of those things, you know, even combined, um, and I, I wanted to make sure that you got to speak a little bit on that. And also, I want to talk a little bit about social media. This is this has been a topic that's been recurring in my in my episodes lately when I have people on and we talk about because I think there's a lot to say about social media because I think it's its own world at this point. I think that it's got its own culture, its own like sub sub subculture, you know that's be that is uh, is this platform that is the internet and so I really want to delve into that with you and and talk about you know things that people are sharing nowadays that you know 10 years ago 12 years ago when Facebook was just becoming a thing you know this would have been unheard of this was, nobody saw this coming at least I hope not um that would be terrible if someone saw this coming and then didn't do anything <laughs> about <laughs> it but no i think the social media i think the social media has got some really great qualities and some really bad qualities but i think that those bad qualities have yielded are starting to yield some consequentially good things i'll go more more into that later but uh eli talk to me about um man i don't know what to start with
1: yeah i know there's a lot to start with um <laughs> well why don't
0: you why don't you just tell me why don't you just tell me about yourself or what is something that you want to talk about i'll let you i'll let you start that off
1: um so i guess since uh to keep us kind of like on topic because there's a lot i could say about myself but in terms of like the you mental can say health you activism mm-hmm. kind of thing uh how that kind of started is uh so i have ptsd Mm -hmm. and it's not through uh like military service it was from a domestic occurrence um it was through sexual assault rape uh through multiple men um and for the longest time i just like kept inside i didn't talk about it and so then the ptsd started to develop from that and it did get to a point um at first i never saw myself actually being so open about it and talking about it with people and like being an advocate for it at first I just kind of started really diving into it and like trying to figure it out just for my own sake because I was like waking up from nightmares like it was you know getting the way of my personal life and then you do kind of realize how personal bleeds into professional how personal Mm -hmm. bleeds into like community aspects and stuff like that um And then whether it was like in the workplace, whether it was in classrooms, whether it was just like with my friendships or relationships with other people, it just kind of made me think, there's just a lot that people aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, And you hear it a lot, not just like with PTSD, but like with depression, with anxiety, uh, going like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, mental health was just kind of a stigma where like, people didn't want to talk about it because it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be vulnerable. Um, and through my life, I've just kind of realized I have no problem with public speaking. And I thought I have this voice. I actually have, you know, some personal experience, um, as well as, cause I, it's not just with personal experience in my free time I will read like mental health articles, learn about like uh treatments for PTSD. Like recently within the last two, three years, um a country in Europe, it's either Sweden or Switzerland. <laughs> I remember there was an SW in it. Uh but they recently got approved to like start using L S D um and controlled dosages like help uh through PTSD. So if I can help like raise awareness or something and like facilitate those kind of difficult questions, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to do it. You know,
0: I'm going to do it. Good. Well, could you talk to me a little bit about if you're comfortable talking about this? Of course. Um, So a lot of times when we're having these conversations about things like sexual assault or, or harassment, something like that, it's usually typically in terms of, women and what they're experiencing so can you speak a little bit to um, what not necessarily what the difference is just because you're a man but just have you experienced any kind of like I don't know eyebrow raises because of the fact that you're a man and that and that you will talk about being sexually assaulted you know
1: yeah I think it's uh, not only is it because I'm a man but I'm also identified as a gay man Um, Mm -hmm. so then it just kind of like blurs the lines a little bit more okay Um, what do you mean because it's like in America we do have like this toxic masculinity kind of issue and to where um, you know as a man I should have been stronger I should have been able to like fend off the other person Mm -hmm. and then also even if it did happen I should be able to just like not get like let it have such an emotional effect on me mm-hmm. you know just like oh uh, you know just man up like kind of get over kind of thing um and then even just like being able to talk about it because growing up it was just like are you bleeding like if i if i try to talk to my dad about anything that ever happened it's like well like are you bleeding right now like do you need to go to the hospital right now and i'm like well no and it's like well then you're fine so oh, it's just wow. like okay cool um <laughs> But no, I think as an adult now and kind of talking about it, um, I now kind of get the impression too. it's almost a little bit back burner um, simply because like in terms of the demographics, most of it uh, for like victims of like sexual assault, sexual violence, and stuff like that is with women. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the resources go out to providing shelters for women mm-hmm. and stuff like that while men are seen more so as like the predators um so it's kind of in terms of overall resources it's there's just not as much made available to us which is like it's fine and it's not because my thing is like i don't ever want to take away resources or take away from the voice of you know female victims and stuff like that i just wish to like add to that like let's focus on what happens with women as well as men not to like separate but just to bring together
0: yeah that's interesting that you bring that up because I was just thinking you know there's got to be we know there are just there's there are less resources out there for men in terms of homelessness in terms of assault in terms of harassment and just general you know counseling not that it's not there for counseling in particular but it's just you know, I, I've heard th- people say, oh, that's chick stuff, you know. And so mm-hmm. and so there's really not a whole lot of voice for the men out there who do need these things because they're human beings like the rest of us. And, of course, they need help even if they haven't gone through something terribly traumatic. Um, and so I find that to be just a really sad part of our society that, that it's not recognized and that men are held to this impossible standard of man up if you're not bleeding you're fine you know it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. um but i i i do hope that you know when you mention you don't want to take away from women's resources and ho- i i hope that people like you and me and people we know will keep pushing so that it's not that we're taking away from somebody else to get what what you need and what other men need, it's just adding more resources for everybody. Right. So that it's more inclusive and so that that way when you are including men and their experiences too, you know more about the issue. You know, when, when women start talking about, um, you know, experience with abuse or being in a domestic relationship that's violent um We know more about those relationships then like we know red flags, you know we we know what to look for. we know what we know what to look for in a friend if it's happening to her and things like that. And so I know that once men start being <laughs> taken seriously in that aspect, we're gonna know more about it. We're gonna know more about the situations. we're gonna know more about how it affects the person. we're gonna know more about how to help victims of violence of any kind like that, and, and we'll know more about the people who commit these acts so that they can get help, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it's just sad that that's kind of ignored, that half of society that still feels that is just kind of, uh, that's, that's almost more uncomfortable, I think, for people to talk about than the fact that women experience this, you know. I asked, mm-hmm. when, when, um, when they were doing the Me Too Hashtag uh, I remember Asking my mom Have you ever experienced Harassment of any kind like that And she, her response was Well of course I have I'm And I'm an American woman <laughs> Like of course I've experienced that And I'm just That is so Shitty <laughs> Insane and, and I And I I didn't I honestly I, I really didn't see any men Participating in that And that doesn't mean they weren't It's just that I didn't see it But You know I hope that I hope that we can keep pushing toward a a society that's willing to listen to that to that side of things
1: yeah you know and i think like with the me too movement it was and again uh because i've actually had this conversation with some other people actually it was probably a week ago about how during the me too movement they did kind of put a lot of focus and emphasis on you know the female victims and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and like You heard it in Hollywood, how like a lot of these like big name figures were being called out, Mm -hmm. which is fine. If they are doing it, then call them out for it, Mm -hmm. like go for it. Um, But the fact of like it did feel at times a little bit exclusionary Mm -hmm. where it was just like we are going to listen to the female's voice on this right now. And yet when there were like possible instances where like a male voice could have been featured it was kind of put to back burner, which in my eyes is kind of like, it could have been so easy though to just had like equal platform for both as opposed to just like focusing on one side, one demographic. And I think that's another, it's that issue of when you bring it up because then people kind of think like, oh, so you wanted to take away the spotlight from someone else. And that's, you know, what I try to get across. It's like, I don't want to take anything away from everyone right i just want there to be like there's different ways to work around um getting you know both voices to be heard absolutely i think too because uh men will handle you know things a little differently like you know there's different cultures between Mm -hmm. like how men handle things and how women will handle things yeah um and sometimes people might not have like a direct solution and they think like well okay you want this platform what is your solution to it? And some people may say like, well, we don't really have one quite yet, but we Mm -hmm. just want a backboard to like bounce things off of. So there's like open a panel so that conversation can happen. Because one thing I think is so like wild and crazy is like on Facebook and social media, I'll hear these stories about um, if girls are at a gym or if they're in a bar and they see another girl that's like potentially being harassed or something like that. They won't even know the woman and they'll go over and be like, oh, hey, girlfriend, like, what's going on? Like, I need to go to the restroom. Do you want to come with? Or like, hey, like, are you almost, uh, if it's like at a gym, it's like, hey, I'm almost done with my workout. Are you almost done? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's this unspoken rule of like, you can just, that like camaraderie, Mm -hmm. you know, just be like, hey, it's easy for me to interject into this, Mm -hmm. which is something amazing. And it's like, uh, I mean, it kind of sucks that like, It's gone to that point where you have to have, you know, that thing happen. Mm -hmm. But like, if it's two guys and like one guy is potentially being, you know, harassed or in an abusive relationship or something. Mm -hmm. What are the other guys going to do? Because there is that mentality of just like, oh, I'm too manly. Like, I don't want to deal with it or Mm -hmm. I just want to have some beers and like Mm -hmm. not even talk about feelings. Um, But like if we had a platform. If we had enough discussions where bros could go up to bros and be mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, like, do you want to like watch the game or some shit like that or like talk about sports or, you know, find like the male alternative, I guess, to kind of like what women would do in that situation.
0: Yeah. I, when you were, when you were talking about that, the difference between what women will do for each other and what men will do for each other in those situations, I know someone personally who, it's just who she is. She, she will see another woman in danger and she'll just, she doesn't care. She will just go for it. Um, And she's amazing for that. And when you, but then when you were talking about how, what are men going to do about it? Do you remember that commercial where these guys are sitting in a trailer and a bear starts attacking them and all the guys are, all the guys, but one are ignoring it. And the one guy is like, are we seriously not going to talk about the fact that there is a bear <laughs> that's trying to get into our trailer? And that that advertisement, that commercial was for sexual assault awareness, trying to talk about the fact that it happens and that it, stop ignoring it. Um, I thought that was brilliant to to turn sexual assault into the bear that's <laughs> attacking <laughs> uh, your, your home and you're just ignoring it. I think that's a brilliant way to, to emphasize how important it is to recognize it but also i was also thinking i don't it's it's usually like with the you ever see those commercials on the movie channel where it's like no more she was drunk he was drunk no more excuses um there's only one thing that i need before having sex and that's consent from her it is generally more protective toward women I mean it just is it's just it's I've never seen a commercial where a bunch of women are sitting around talking about how they need to protect their boyfriends from being drugged or their friends who are men from being harassed by women or other men and I'm not saying those commercials aren't helpful in general to just raise awareness that you know, these things do happen and you do need to look out for people, but it it is just, do you feel like there's that exclusivity, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and I feel like it's there too in, in actual communities like the me too that we were just talking about where, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, you're a dude and you couldn't possibly understand, you know, do you, do you feel that kind of pushing away the, the men who are, have also experienced these things on on social media and in these social groups and it's just kind of like not you're not allowed to be a man and have these feelings and have these experiences but if you do shut up for a second because we still need to talk about it like you can't be included like wait till it's your turn you know yeah. what i mean do you, do you feel any of that is that real to you
1: um and i think Before I was, like, as vocal as I am now about it, I think it was, like, a little bit harder to, like, find that platform, find where, you know, I felt comfortable Mm -hmm. or, like, felt welcome enough and that people, you know, were hearing me out Mm -hmm. and, you know, giving it its due respect, you know. Um, Now I'm kind of vocal about it. And to put it bluntly, if I don't have a platform, I'll just make my own platform (laughs) and, you know, say what needs to be said. Um, I will say, especially within the past, like, two years, it has gotten better, I do feel like. Um, I just want to, you know, keep that momentum going, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of thing. Because there's still other conversations that we could be having um, in terms of, uh, you know, talking about, like, the prevention, you know, for on the female side like okay what can you do to make sure you you don't get raped um make sure you trust the guy like don't let them root for you you know make sure you have consent but a thing that a like cultural thing that we kind of don't talk about is if there's a group of guys it's a whole thing like oh man like i would never let you date my sister you know it's kind of like the golden rule oh yeah you know all your friends can't date your sister and if you break it down in the construct, it's just, like, why would you be friends with someone that you wouldn't be okay with dating your sister, yeah. right? Like, if you're going to be, about like, such close friends with someone, like, you would assume that you respect them a lot and you mm-hmm. think, of, hey, they're a genuine dude. But if you're, like, with your best man and you're, like, I would never want you to date my sister, what does that tell you mm-hmm. about the guy that you're, like, being best friends with and stuff? Mm-hmm. And so trying to, like... And because that's another side that does play into the rape culture that plays into the toxic masculinity that isn't quite as talked about too much. You know, what are we going to do with that conversation? I'm not quite so sure yet, Mm -hmm. but I would like to at least be able to have that conversation. Have like platforms like this where it's a a radio show Mm -hmm. where we can actually bounce ideas, you know, back and forth and raise awareness to make people think.
0: Do you get called snowflake a lot? Because uh, you want to talk about your
1: feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, personally, I've never been called a snowflake. No one's actually like come up to me and said it. Um, but, I mean, probably people out there may think that I'm a snowflake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like people that kind of gear more towards, like, th- the liberal side mm-hmm. probably get called snowflake a bit more. Sure. Um, and I kind of consider myself probably actually more moderate Cause there are some issues like when it comes like mental health and the LGBTQ community, I am probably like leaning more towards the liberal side. Yeah. But then also my Facebook, uh, there's other things, um, in terms of like with welfare and sometimes like with immigration, I like surprise some friends with some more conservative views. So I feel like I kind of blend in
0: a little bit. So that's great. I love that. That's something that I've, that I've been talking to people about more, especially in this format too, is the problem with the left, essentially, and how far it's going and how far it's, it's gone so far. (coughs) So why don't you give me some examples of some like more moderate or conservative viewpoints of yours that, um, the, the. Do you get a chance to express these to people often?
1: I mean, sometimes. Okay. Uh, I think, like, when I do say that I'm moderate, it is um. because I will go out of my way to make sure that on my Facebook page and, like, through my friends that I'll have people on, like, both sides. Mm-hmm. I'll have very strong conservative friends that will, like, post a lot of these articles from, like stereotypically very conservative sites mm-hmm. and the same thing with the left side as well because mm-hmm. I think it's important to just like inform yourself on you know both sides because both Absolutely. sides are valid and I think a lot of times we are almost pushed into this like either you're right or you're wrong it's either my way or the highway when a lot of times you can find a middle ground and is people will bring up like oh we can't do a middle ground because of like either budget cuts or you know these other obligations but I think a lot of it is more so just a pride issue because yeah. if someone's like well you know if I'm a little bit wrong they can't even admit that they're like mm-hmm. I have to be either completely right on everything mm-hmm. or completely wrong and I'm like no like because sometimes I'll bring up like there's an article i've read um like with the it was actually recently well not recently it was like two weeks ago i had read two articles that said something that like trump had tweeted that we were now going to war with north korea and or syria one of those that he had like tweeted we are going to war Mm -hmm. and how like congress was now going back on it and be like you can't do that And i had read it you know from some articles so i brought up some friends and i was just like did you hear this like this is is this real like what is going on and they said like no eli that didn't actually happen that's not true and you know there was that point of just like wow i just look like an idiot because i was all (laughs) fired up i was like we're gonna talk about this why are we at war right now like what is happening and they're like no eli that did not happen Mm -hmm. so you know it's an awkward moment i was like oh well i'm an idiot i'm gonna be quiet for a couple seconds Mm -hmm. now but like I think that is a lot of a fear that people have is like, they don't want to be wrong, but like being wrong doesn't equate you're a bad person. Yeah. And like to be uncomfortable is for personal growth. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: you are speaking my language, Eli, truly. <laughs> um, I, and I'd like to add to that, that, just because you end up being wrong in a situation about something that didn't really happen and you thought happened or something that you think is the right way to go about it and then someone convinces you that actually there's a better way to go about it i i don't i think being wrong doesn't mean that you're an idiot mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean either that the other person's right cuz you could both very well be wrong <laughs> you know it just right. it just means that You were wrong. That's all it means. And I understand the fear of embarrassing ourselves, especially in front of or even to someone we disagree with, um, because then that threatens who you are for some reason. It just it feels like if I'm talking to, I don't know, a Christian about the Bible or something and, and they help me realize something that I've been looking at wrong it feels like a threat to my atheism but it's truly not it's really just it's really just more helpful than mm-hmm. anything when when somebody can open me up to to looking at a certain way it doesn't it makes me a better thinker in the future you know and so i think that i think that social media in particular has played a very detrimental role to people's egos and i don't mean as in like it hurts their egos I think it inflates the ego and makes it harder on the person to deal with when they are wrong and they know that they're wrong. I mean, I've sat someone down here um, before and, and we were on the same side. I mean, we were both, we are both liberal, but I mean, I got eye rolls from this person. I got... I got into an argument with this person over really nothing. Nothing. It wasn't a, it wasn't even it wasn't even important to the whole subject we were talking about. It was something real little. Real little, Eli. That this person could not get over. And it was it was more about being right, I feel like, than it was about conti- just progressing in the conversation. And and I think that a lot of that comes from social media do
1: you agree with that do you think that i think like <coughs> depending on the social media platform because uh i've heard how twitter is probably one of like the most positive social media platforms and facebook is the most negative really and okay. um i think it's because in facebook it is easier to kind of like put yourself in a like small circle or like in a kind of comfort zone like Mm -hmm. it's easier to negate uh negative views or like people you don't like you can block them you can change like some preference settings on like in terms of like ads or like what you want to see um while with twitter if you start hashtagging something like it's just a whole other spectrum that they're playing there and Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit harder i feel like to keep yourself in like this bubble where everything comforts you um, as opposed to Twitter. But like with Twitter, because it's so open, you open yourself, you know, you can to a lot like negative feedback, but Mm -hmm. you also open yourself up to a lot of positive. You're just like more open. You have more uh, stimuli, I guess, in a way. While Facebook once you've like established yourself in a certain way, like blocked, you know, these certain people your newsfeed becomes this, like, constant, like, self-feeding monster, kind of, in a way. Which is why I'll make an effort, like, I have people, you know, that are friends on Facebook. Are all of them legitimately friends? Are all them people out like, hey, like, i would definitely go to the bar, grab a drink with you? Probably not. I mm-hmm. kind of do see it as though, like, I have actually met this person, though. Like, I have had an interaction with them, and whether sometimes, you know, they're pretty chill. They just post funny memes, you know, irrelevant things or they will be posting like conservative, liberal, moderate, you know, political articles and stuff like that. So I just kind of use it as a way to get me out of my comfort zone to make sure that I'm not just going to stay stagnant, stay in the same mindset, Um, you know, constantly learn, stay active, uh, especially like during. Elections and stuff like that. Like it's strong to vote. Mm-hmm. So inform yourself on the issues. You know, see like all sides of it. So. Right.
0: Yeah. How do you decide what you're gonna put? Po- what you're gonna put out there? Whether it's on? Do you do you have a different logic with that when it comes to Twitter versus Facebook, or is it kind of the same? Um, same deal for I you. I
1: think it's generally the same. Uh, I now like, if I'm going to be, like, posting about, um, whether it's, like, mental health or something in the LGBTQ community, I have noticed recently I make it a little bit less personal, and instead of saying, like, hey, this is something that, like, I was going through, we should talk about this, Mm -hmm. um, if I see an article that, like, I relate to or something, I'm like, oh, hey, like, this is, I think, something that people should be aware, or if, like, I heard something in the news, um, I try to keep it uh, more grander scale, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that way it's not just like, oh, Eli's talking about himself again kind of thing. Because that can also, like, even if it is just Facebook and, like, I can choose who sees it, who doesn't. Because, like, it's generally, like, if they're on my friend's feed, I know who they're, like, going to see. But Mm -hmm. it is still, like, that, like, personal vulnerability. And I don't really want people to get caught up on their personal relationship with me because it's like if they for whatever reason didn't like me as a person because I am kind of aggressive sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my message to get lost in that so sure. I think yeah. when I post I do try to uh I don't want to say like a neutral kind of like viewpoint towards it but I do try to stick with you know some facts maybe I'll throw in some like witty hashtag in there as well mm-hmm. but Just kind of keep it straightforward, keep it simple, get straight to the point. Not really like super long statuses that can be like super vague and like hitting all these points, you know, Mm -hmm. all this way and that. I think for personal life, I use Snapchat more so for that. That's when I can just be a total goofball and (laughs) be like, I don't really care what I post on here. Like it can be something political. It can be me just like hanging out with friends or something like that.
0: Do you get a lot of backlash when you post stuff on on Facebook if it's even if it's as neutral as you can possibly be i I saw one time that you did post something about being more in the middle and how you know there are some things I think specifically you mentioned that Trump does that you're like, yeah that's that's reasonable, that's fine, I like that and then some things he does or conservatives say you're just like, that's not at all okay and and same thing with liberals, you know, and same thing with. Democrats, you know, in general. So what what have you have you gotten any feedback on that,
1: you know? Um most of the feedback that I get is it is positive and I'm very thankful for that mm-hmm. because I always kind of go in, I'm a little bit pessimistic uh because especially if I post something that is political, I know it's almost like no matter how you say it or what you're saying it's gonna probably push like someone's buttons or trigger someone um so but most of the uh feedback i get is that it's just kind of generally positive though because Mm -hmm. i do always try to make a fact and make a point out of it to like say you know if i'm gonna like bash one side or something you know like if the left side was like going way far out like you know, I'll bash them. I'll call them out on it. Like, hey, this is kind of extreme. Like, hold up. But then, I will still be more than happy to like call out the right side as well. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, um, I think if people like keep up with my posts, then they will see how like, okay, yeah, Eli's like, you know, in the middle ground. He's gonna say it as it is for both sides. If it is someone kind of new that I like met not too long ago sometimes it gets a little bit shaky with them because then Mm -hmm. they'll comment and be like well why do you think about this like what about the left side and see what they're doing and I was like oh honey I hate both sides (laughs) (laughs) so like don't get it wrong you know on this one post um but I don't know uh I guess the worst negative feedback I've gotten is probably just like some people blocked me but if someone ever did come up and like Asked me about it though and said like, hey, I don't really agree like with your mm-hmm. standpoint on this. Like, why did you think this? Um, I will usually try to switch that to then like on Messenger or something just because I also don't want drama on my wall. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's like once you start getting so many people in mm-hmm. involved, it's just kind of a bit much. So I'll just do this like this continuous conversation on Messenger. Like I still want to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Like, you know, for growth and stuff like that. I also just don't want too much drama on my sure. Facebook wall. Yeah, so. I
0: I love that you do that as well because I, I do that. Uh, well, now more days I'll just, if I know them and I know that they're here, I'll just bring them on the show because I want people to hear the interaction. I want them to know how, here's one way to do it, you know, but I think that that's something not a lot of people, you can't see it. You can't see the the message that, you know, you send to, to somebody else who commented on a post. They don't see that. They see the comment section. Mm-hmm. And so I think people have gotten into this mentality on social media where they think that it's kind of just a dumping ground for the worst things you have to say about the other side of the political spectrum, of the, you know, ideological spectrum, religious affiliation spectrum, whatever. I think that because people aren't seeing the person and the conversations that some people like you and me initiate instead of hashing it out on the comment section, peop mm-hmm. people think that it's okay to troll. <laughs>
1: yeah. Basically. The message can definitely get lost and yeah. misconstrued. So Yeah,
0: it is wild. Um and so yeah, I just I wanted to know like how do you how do you decide what to even put out there you know because there is such a risk now of being i think sometimes purposefully misinterpreted and you know misunderstood as to what you were actually saying versus what somebody can deliberately twist into making you sound at its worst homophobic or racist or sexist whatever, um, mm-hmm. do you see that a lot on, maybe not on yours, I know that you, you don't get a whole lot of negative feedback, but do you see that it's been, it's been referred to as um, the outrage brigade, brigri- the outrage <laughs> brigade is the new term for, for people who, it's kind of like social justice warrior, Yeah. Um, that term's changed a lot too, I don't know if you know anything about, I know, I know what it is. If what it first meant it was first like an insult from conservatives i think about um toward you know liberal snowflakes and then liberals adopted it and we're like yeah absolutely i fight mm-hmm. for social justice mm-hmm. and now it's become more of a not an insult but just a way to categorize a
1: subgroup of liberals who troll I on think, facebook uh it's like to generalize it my one issue overall like just with the whole like social justice warrior like idea and theme okay is it's almost like pick and choose your battles kind of thing because i think you can take something to such an extreme where like you nitpick and again like this is just the interpretation like i've gotten from you know what i've seen what my personal interactions have been yeah go ahead but it's almost like you know little things every microaggression every minor thing like if there is a problem they will talk about it they will hash it out like 100 percent and i think that can one definitely like burn people out a lot for sure uh so like it's a it's emotionally taxing on that individual in the first place Mm -hmm. um and two it's kind of like there are issues you know to be discussed but sometimes it does seem a little bit like they're grasping for straws mm-hmm. almost. And then it just kind of seems like, is this really necessary to be talking about right now? Is this really what we need to be putting a lot of this energy into? Um, Can you think of do an do example I, that uh, comes to
0: mind when you when you talk about that?
1: So in terms of... I was actually talking with one of my roommates. Uh, there was this talk or discussion about trash bags mm-hmm. <laughs> and how there need to be more white trash bags and how companies are switching more towards white ones because I guess a long time ago all the trash bags were always black and then they saw that as like that's racist that's like a saying that like if it's black it's trash if it's white it can't be and it turned <sighs> to this huge debacle and I was just kind of like is what? this? That, like that just seems like such a stretch to me. It just seems like I don't think that people actually had the intention when they were making trash bags to just be like, you know what? I hate black people. <laughs> so like we're going to make this product that has a lot of trash and you'll know be the greatest kicker. Let's just make the trash bags black, too, because I just oh really hate black people. So let's and do And I this. think they're trash. Like, yeah. yeah. I, and I just like I think that's like really grasping. Because, like, you can say, like, well, there's institutional racism, like, maybe they, like, subconsciously thought of it, you know, subconsciously associate, like, black with being, like, trashy or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, so that's just, like, one example off the top of my head that I discussed with one of my roommates uh, lately about. So it's kind of issues with that. I get, because that could be seen as, like, a microaggression kind of thing. Um. If you're going to be like a social justice warrior on bigger topics about like, you know, with healthcare, with education, kind of like grander scale, a little bit more substantial Mm -hmm. and not so much grabbing for straws, then yes, speak out about it. Still be respectful. Hear all sides out, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you want to focus your energy on that, by all means, go for it. But don't go, don't come for the trash bags. Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah uh it's almost like and i know and i and i've and i've felt this too that when you hear people did you hear this from from social media or from a friend that told you about the trash bags like that said that
1: um my roommate uh first brought it up because he was asking me about it um because I think I was like, literally we just taking out the trash and he mm-hmm. said, Hey, did you hear about this? Cause we just do that a lot anyways. Like sometimes I'll would have like read an article earlier in the day or something. And so I'll be like, did you hear about this? Like what's going on? You know? Um, and I, I mean, I looked in a little bit into it. I don't know when it got started or when like this decision was made. So mm-hmm. have I done like full on in-depth internet <laughs> research? No, I haven't. Um, I, it was just mainly the conversation I had with him. I was I was just
0: asking because I was wondering who first brought it up. Because if it's somebody who's... If it was somebody... And I haven't heard of that, so I really don't know anything about that. I've never heard that before. But it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, I was wondering if, if that person was either black or Hispanic or afro-american or afro-hispanic because it's almost like if it's someone even if it's like lgbt if if someone from the lgbt community brings up something that's even if it's not completely obvious at first that they're grasping at straws it's almost like you don't want to question it because if you do you'll be called racist homophobic sexist um nazi sympathizer nazi apologist whatever and so i i see there's this pressure that's shifted and i think it used to be over with the conservatives and now it's kind of shifted to liberals and the left this pressure to conform to whatever it's like whatever okay whatever you say like i'm sure that's valid because you said it and you would know Mm -hmm. and i saw this one example of that is i saw a um, to a post it must have been I don't I don't use Twitter I have one but I just don't use it because I just I have Facebook <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was it must have been a Twitter post that someone had screenshotted and then shared on Facebook and it said that if someone is calling so you out for something you said that they say is racist homophobic or sexist you need to acknowledge that and then fix it. And I was just thinking, okay, but what if that person doesn't even know what those words mean and just assumes that just, you know, that if I say I have black trash bags and they call me racist, then I have to be like, oh, yeah, good point. You know, I just, mm-hmm. there's this new problem of we, we want to, I feel like liberals in general want to, one of our values and you can agree with this or not one of the part of being a liberal is that we value people's experiences individual experiences and we want people people's voices to be heard and we want diversity and we want inclusivity and we want intersectional and we want to validate people for who they are and how they feel about things but i think that that's been taken advantage of a lot by people who, honestly, I don't think really care about these issues. I think they really are just miserable inside and need something to, I I mean, I think they're just like the, the people on the right who have chips on their shoulders because there's this new trend that's like, if you wanna question the logic behind somebody saying that something is racist, you have now become racist. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you see that? Do you agree with that at all? That that's that that's kind of what's been happening lately?
1: Um, I definitely do see that. And so I'll have two points on that. Uh one is that is kind of a reason why I consider myself a little bit more of a moderate because I do understand if, you know, the generalization is like conservative is do your own thing, no one else, you know, mess with it and liberal is like, no, you should like really take into consideration, you know, the community as a whole how you're doing as well as your neighbor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a moderate, I feel like there is that balance. There is to a certain degree where it is just kind of like I should be able to pursue my own happiness, do my own thing. Like Absolutely. if I want to collect rainwater at my place, you know, save us some water, I should be able to do that. But then at the same time it's like I also still believe it's important to make sure that like people in like lower income families or like if uh, a place is more racially black or like minority that they have the same resources and education as like predominantly white communities, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, I still want the protection and to, you know, do my own thing, pursue my own happiness. I want no one else to be happy with that too. You know, so it's just, you know, kind of find the medium. So I do see that a lot of people just going so far in one direction. It's either all or nothing. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah. And then the second point, um, I don't know if you heard a bit about the Mikado, the opera that was done here this Mm-mm. so there was What's going on with that. Um uh, some issues before it had actually aired or uh was actually performed, um, that it was racist towards like the Asian community and how it was very like whitewashed over and was making fun of the culture and so I talked with some friends about it because there were discussions how the cast would all be wearing uh, like for the wigs and costumes and stuff. W- one example, they would all have to have black hair because like if it's an Asian culture, there's not really like blonde or redheads, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And some people were saying like, that's almost like yellow face or, you know, black face, yellow face, white face and kind of whitewashing it. And I was trying to, discuss because like I do theater and I was like there is a way when you are portraying a character you want to make it like realistic um you can do like a funny character if you're doing like a melodrama and Mm -hmm. so like if you're gonna be the country drunkard you know you play into stereotypes but then like even if you are a white actor that is playing as another race you know you can still portray that character in still a respectful way like you can go too far or like if they were pushing back their eyes you know to look squinty like really going into um you know stereotypes but I just think it's a wig it's mm-hmm. just like if the person was a redhead then like they would kind of stick out I feel like if they're trying to play as like an Asian character um but that was definitely a very difficult conversation for me because uh having that discussion there are some things that I said I was like wow they're probably gonna think I'm a racist after this but what I appreciated out of the whole thing though was that we did have that discussion Mm -hmm. and for me personally it did make me realize how you know because I was looking at it from the perspective of an actor of someone that you know does theater it's kind of like that whole you want to be able to portray the character as respectful and as true as possible. And so it could be sometimes miscommunication in terms of like, you may think that, like, hey, I'm doing this part justice. I'm giving due credit where it is. But then if the community looks in and says, like, hey, you went too far, like, you have to take that, you know, into consideration. Sure, yeah. And so. You know, I even learned a little bit out of it. Maybe, you know, I could say, like, there are some, uh, like, mild... And I'm trying to figure out how I want to say yeah. it. Like, I was racist in some of the thoughts that I was having in the ideology. You mm-hmm. know, was I full-blown? No. But, like, if you have to categorize it, definitely probably leaned a little bit towards, like, wow, like, you're not being really sensitive to this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I mean, it was an awkward conversation. Uh. But, you know, I just talked it through. I was just like, I don't think I'm being that racist. You guys are as insensitive. Like, but let's talk about it. Let's go. Yeah. And after, you know, having them hear me out completely, you know, not like cutting off or generalizing and hearing them out. I'm like, you know, I can actually see where you guys are coming from and why you thought this way. So. Yeah.
0: How did that conversation go?
1: Um. I mean, you said it was awkward, but how did yeah, they, how did it was, it just... um, It was awkward uh, just because I also think it's one thing to be told you're wrong and it's another thing to be told. Eli, I think that's a little bit racist. Like Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother like ballpark I kind of feel like of anxiety. Um, But in the end, uh, because I think we both, you know, kind of learned from each other. Mm -hmm. Definitely I learned more about, you know, trying to be, you know, self-aware, like intersectionality, you know, seeing how different viewpoints and stuff like that go um I mean I thanked them first of all I'm just like I know this is a very like (laughs) awkward conversation but I wanted to have it I wanted Mm. to learn I wanted to like fully see where they were coming from so afterwards I thanked them like hey like thank you for even having this conversation with me I know it was rough for a (laughs) little bit (laughs) sure (laughs) definitely um but I'm glad I had it you know because had we just cut it off right then and there I wouldn't have known you know how insensitive you know i could have been in the future towards like and it doesn't even matter if it was like people in the asian community because it could have easily transferred and like bled into like other ethnicities you know and just Mm -hmm. be like even if i think i'm being as respectful as i can be it could still be taken the wrong way like personal intention even if it's you have the right intention it can still come off wrong
2: so Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I what did culture kind of, I mean, I know obviously culture played a played a big part in actors portraying characters. But it makes me think because when T V shows or movies or really anything that we watch for entertainment is trying to portray a different culture that's not ours, there there tends to be a lot of Dispute a lot of a lot of tension there Mm -hmm. when it comes to audience responses, but then when it's something like, if it's taken if it's taking place in the um, eighteenth seventeenth century, and if you're portraying, you know, a Jane Austen type character, who is a woman so she's probably reserved probably doesn't have a whole lot of freedom around her own house definitely dependent on a husband or a father it's not challenged because we know that that's how it was but nobody's going to say that's sexist because obviously it's sexist Mm -hmm. and so it makes me think about sometimes when when these Problems come from how people are portrayed. I do think that sometimes it's not fair to the culture when it's when it's something like for example, black hair when it when it comes to hispanics. you know most Hispanics are naturally dark haired, and that 's okay, not all of them are mm-hmm. but sometimes I think that if if it 's not delivered right, you can really m- mess with the audience. Not mess with the audience, but you, you really get a lot of backlash, a lot of backfire if you don't deliver it right. And so if you're... I don't know. And it's never... I hope it would never be that petty that somebody would would, it, would be angry that all the Hispanics in a movie have black hair. But sometimes I feel like it it can get that facetious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's not like people don't dye their hair it, and that's and that's s- it's still accurate to say that even though people will dye their hair most Hispanics just have black hair and that's okay to say and that's okay if you're gonna if most Hispanics in movies and tv shows aren't going to be blonde and blue-eyed you know some of them are obviously you know Cameron Diaz is is Cuban mm-hmm. um obviously it depends on culture It depends on the area and so I think that but I think sometimes that's that too is ignored and it's like you have to take into consideration where creators are coming from, too. You know, they have to take into consideration where the audiences are and where the cultures actually are as opposed to stereotypes, but then we also have to understand where the creators are coming from when they're trying to picture these things. Did you ever hear about a new HBO series that hasn't come out yet? They've just talked about it. That's all they've done is talked about they're going to create a new... Series where it's a counter historical take on the Civil War and the Confederates win. Have you heard about this?
2: I've heard of it. Okay.
0: And people freaked out, got very, 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 very upset. And I talked to Stephanie about this for hours one night because she was very upset about it too. And, I, and so we got into an argument about it, really, because, because where I'm coming from is they're not saying this is what should have happened. They're saying, well, well, of course, we don't know what they're saying yet because it hasn't happened. But I'm not going to assume that that's where they're coming from. I'm not going to assume that they're saying, let's make this world real to audiences because this is the ideal world you know it's more of like it's just a creative space people do it all the time people do you know George Orwell was super controversial in his day too because of 1984 you know the book that I'm where it's big brother and all these things and you know you can't have sex and and all these crazy controversial issues that were that go on in this book and it's like you know he wasn't doing that because he was saying this is what it should be like mm-hmm. he was saying he was it, he was taking us on a journey to that space and trying to get us to think and acknowledge where we are now and that that could be a real possibility if you really consider it you know so what did you think about about that when that announcement came out when you heard people talking about it what was going through through your mind at that time
1: um i think and it's not really like just with this specific you know serious because there have been similar uh sometimes like just with tv shows i would just do like a flashback scenario Mm -hmm. or something like that um but i think just generally when these kinds of topics are brought up it is something that is going to make people uncomfortable and so it's going to get like you know a lot of backlash uh i can see it a little bit from a marketing perspective Mm -hmm. because like it gives publicity to it definitely Mm -hmm. gets people talking about it yeah that's true um so i can see sometimes too why you know a director may sometimes purposely want to be like, what is a good topic I can talk about that people are going to, you know, talk about and want to see. Um So aside from the marketing aspect, it again, just has to be very tastefully done. Like I think mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, it is not something you can do half ass because if you're going to, especially doing a whole series about it, doing a movie about it, you know, just all the money and time that you like you're putting into it i think it would have to be like you ha- you're not going to please everyone for sure mm-hmm. but generally it has to be done respectful and you have to you know the conversations that's going to be happening afterwards about it uh being able to you know facilitate those kinds of conversations so i think it's n- i'm looking more so forward to not so much the series itself once it comes out I mean, I'll still be looking towards that, but I will also be looking to see how the producers and actors, you know, handle, you know, the publicity afterwards once it comes out. Are they just going to tell people like, oh, it's a movie, suck it up, it's okay. Or are they, you know, going to be willing to talk, you know, further in depth, like why they made the decisions they did. Yeah. If there's like a particularly, you know, traumatic scene, you know, they may ask like, what made you decide to like, you know, portray this? Why did you think this was acceptable? Um, So just make sure they're ready for the questions. Is what you're saying. Because I feel like if you're going to put something out there, that's so like controversial. Mm -hmm. If you don't help facilitate the conversation afterwards and you kind of leave it towards like public opinion to make their own kind of decision on it, then like your main intention could be totally lost because um like dear white people you know that could have been something that uh created an us versus them mentality you Mm -hmm. know because like if it wasn't facilitated in a way and if the producers and actors like didn't kind of help direct the conversation of what they wanted to do with it then like people could just seem like oh now like it's just whites versus blacks like let's go when the whole idea of it was to just like raise awareness and be like hey no these are like issues you know that we're bringing and we want you to be aware of it mm-hmm. so we can like come together kind of thing yeah and like once it was like more so described and explained you know to the general public then the direction of where they wanted it to go was easier to get there because mm-hmm. had they yeah i We've all seen social media. It could have <laughs> easily, you know.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So talk to me about Cardi B.
1: Oh, okay. I can't get all my <laughs> R's. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. talk
0: to me. So I saw um I didn't I didn't want to lose I didn't wanna misquote or anything. So I ended up taking a screenshot <laughs> of what you had posted.
1: Yep. If I can find it. That's actually uh, been one of my... I've received more is. comments about that status, actually, than probably anything in the last couple of months. Really? Yes. I was just when like, really? Po- when did you post out that? Out of Cardi B, out of all the things yeah. I'm posting, this is what you people <laughs> yes! want to talk to okay, me about? Okay, so let me, let me
0: read it so that so that people know what we're going to be referencing and then tell me about
1: the okay. comments.
0: Okay. So the status is... Cardi B is trash and profits <laughs> off LGBT culture while simultaneously not supporting or giving due credit to the LGBT
1: community. So, okay. so comments. Yeah. Go. Um. Well, first of all, I thought it was just interesting too because it's one of my like not quite so professional, you know, <laughs> says I'm like, oh, she's trash, like blah blah blah. Um. So I was seeing like you know different interviews with her cuz like she's been blowing up mm-hmm. um especially after winning the award for Bodak Yellow and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um and basically becoming like a power couple in the hip hop industry with um, Offset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh there was an interview that she was at I can't remember what show she was on but basically it was like going over her terminology. Um Jimmy so Fallon? Like I think it was cuz mm-hmm. it was uh Phrases that they were going over was like her yeah yeah next yeah thing yeah. I'm talking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so like once it got to the mm-hmm. occur again can't roll my r's <laughs> but like that part um because I'll just call it out right now and say it for what it is that is an LGBTQ thing like, what is the phrase like occur like it really originated a lot from like the drag culture oh okay and the drag community. okay the
0: colloquial okay yeah yeah
1: and um so she talked about it and you know for her influences you know stuff like that like where she got it uh I felt like that was probably a really good plug for like got this from you know the gay culture and stuff like that and the fact that it I mean maybe this is me that's like looking at microaggressions and being a social justice warrior but the Mm -hmm. way I kind of saw it was this was another thing that like the gays created you know i'm generalizing a lot here but like the gays created and then it was just straight washed and then it was just like oh okay now like heteronormative culture is doing it because like especially with the um lip sync battles that they do now and yeah. i think the it would tv be, show or yeah because they do like there was okay. like channing tatum and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all mm-hmm. them that do it and i think that would be such a great platform if like they brought in actual drag queens to like host that or someone that actually is like part of that culture but it's a lot really straight washed Mm -hmm. which like it does raise awareness because like shows like RuPaul's Drag Race every year like it's gaining traction as well but you know I just kind of see these little things where it's just getting straight washed so I was a little bit salty about that I was like it could have been so easy to say like even if she said like oh you know when I'm hanging out with like the queens at the club or something like that like some kind of phrase not just to be like oh this is all me I came up with it Mm -hmm. I'm super original for it I was just like okay honey Mm -hmm. like give credit where it's due um and So, you know, seeing some other, like, interviews that she had done, there was an issue, too, where uh, Offset had, like, called someone a faggot or, like, had used that language, and Cardi was, like, defending him.
0: He called someone a faggot?
1: Uh, I mean, this was a couple months ago. So, I'm not totally fresh, but I do know that, like, I didn't really look so much of, like, what the situation with Offset was. i was more so looking at like cardi b's like reaction to it okay um so basically there was the word faggot involved Mm -hmm. in a derogatory way towards like people in the lgbtq community and so cardi b was like defending him saying like well i don't know what's wrong with you gays like you guys get offended at everything you should just like let us know ahead of time like what's okay and what's not okay to say Mm -hmm. and like you know don't come for my man kind of thing and the way it was just like such an attack and such of like a making us look bad. Like we were the ones that like being snowflakes and we all should have like calmed down when it was just like, okay, I understand your man is getting attacked. Like that's kind of cool, but it just was not very tasteful. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, even after the whole thing, there wasn't like a genuine apology. I just kind of feel like it was just left as is and just like, well, I'm going to take this side fuck the other side like I don't care if you think I'm offensive which like does kind of portray into the image she is trying to make anyways where it's like you know she doesn't care about the other side so you know I can kind of see where she's coming from and publicists may be like okay you know building this image but it's just leaving a not so great taste in my mouth let me tell you yeah so um When it comes to, like, her actual, like, music talent or whatever, I'm kind of indifferent. Like, congrats to her. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have anything against her talent. I'm not going to say, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. I just kind of feel like with the platform that she's had so far, especially Mm -hmm. since she's been blowing up so much lately, I just don't, uh, yeah, bad taste. Sure. Not living for it.
0: Yeah. So that phrase that phrase that you first started talking about, um that she got that she got from from queens or just from lgbt community it general? would
1: uh because i believe it like started with the drag like community because okay. that's kind of a lot of the slang like yes honey mm-hmm. um just uh a lot of the lingo pretty much originates from drag it then bleeds into the rest of the community like mm-hmm. with the the gays the lesbians mm-hmm. um and then from that point it then bleeds into you know straight culture mm-hmm. um the joke is always like white girls get everything <laughs> from their gay best friends you know mm-hmm. and like i do also like challenge that stereotype sometimes but this is again just me like generalizing the general flow sure
0: so did she did i, d- I don't remember if she was i remember when she was talking about to jimmy Fallon. I don't recall her saying that that's where she got it from. So did somebody else say that that's where she got it from? Or like, did she say that that that's, that she was hanging out with, with Queens and then uh, learned it from them? No, or she
1: didn't. I think I was saying that as like an example of what she could have said. There was pretty right. much like, uh, cause I think at some point he was asked like, why did you come up with all of these like phrases and stuff like that? Right. And there was just, she's like, oh, I'm just at a club, like doing my own thing. Um, mm-hmm. and like, no reference towards like the LGBTQ community. When right, like, well, right. Well, so my, so my so my question
0: is, how do we know that's where she got it?
1: Well, where else would she have gotten it from?
0: Well, so if you, I mean, we can go back and back into. We can start with the queens, but then even before the queens, drag queens. I feel like I should say this so that everybody knows. <laughs> it. I'm not yeah. talking about like royalty. I think everyone mostly knows that I'm talking about drag queens. I'm pretty sure it also comes from the minority community, so black, the black community, Hispanic community. It's it's a colloquial. It's it's like kind of its own colloquial culture. There is that. I think it it actually originated from black communities and. African American communi- communities and African communities and Afro-Hispanic and Hispanic communities. I think that that's where it started and then you have Hispanic and Black Queens, drag queens, um I don't think they get mentioned enough honestly, but mm-hmm. so you know, we can we can go back and who said it first, but I'm wondering where this I mean o- like ownership of of these words comes from, you know, because even if even if, let's say, it did start, you know, we draw that line, it started with the qu- with drag queens. You know, why is it... I want to know why it's so offensive that Cardi B does not say directly it was them. Because, like, what if she didn't get it from them? Because she is from the Bronx, mm-hmm. and she is Afro-Hispanic, she's Dominican. And part of part of why Cardi B is such a big deal. And I, I honestly, I think she's personally, I think she's real goofy. Like I think she's, <laughs> I think she's hilarious and silly. And I think she knows that. Um, I do think it is her shtick to, to say those weird tch, phrases and, you know, you know, and all that stuff. Like it's definitely her shtick and, and it works really well for her, but also she really genuinely could have gotten it from her community, you know, in the Bronx and with, other afro-hispanics and dominicans and blacks that she grew up with there in her neck of the woods i guess you could say and mm-hmm. so and so this comes up a lot when i when i see w- when these trends of uh especially when a celebrity says something like that um and we can we'll get into more of what offset actually said and everything um but it just I'm just wondering like where, why it's so hard to hear her not say that. Because my question is, how do we know that's where she got it from? That that's, that she was hanging out with Queens all the time and then just didn't mention them when she was asked, you know, mm-hmm. where did you, why do you talk <laughs> like that? You know, because I do think a lot of it is just who sh- she grew up around. And those could have been Queens, of course. Yeah. Um, But I think that when you, when you, not shorten it when you when you when you narrow it down to who exactly started this. I think maybe yes. Yeah, say I got it from the LGBT community, but I also, as someone who is Hispanic and is f- also from the LGBT community, part of the LGBT community, mm. I I just can't I just can't find it in myself to be outraged that she didn't mention us you know what I mean and so so I'm wondering where that comes from for you
1: um so the first topic I want to talk about and I'll get to that uh is I it probably did come from black drag queens I do feel Mm -hmm. like if we did take further steps back in terms of like just drag queens in general Mm -hmm. a lot of times the terminology is also then started even in the drag community from black queens and then it bleeds into white queens mm-hmm. like um the black community and just like the minority community in general are probably like the strongest in terms of like the culture cuz they've had they you know you could say that like they got dealt you know a bad hand like a double negative like they're minorities in two different ways not right. only were they black but they were also you know part of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. and like going back and back to like you know the voguing and the underground like uh clubs and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think I'm trying to say, like I agree with you that like it probably was A Black Queen that like did mm-hmm. start that. Like um and so, you know, that Black Queen could have like bled whether it bled through from black community and then got to Cardi B or bled from like Black Queen to White Queen mm-hmm. to then, you know, the community. I do I so I basically I'm saying I agree with you it probably did start with a Black Queen and all that jazz. So, mm-hmm. not trying to like take away credit to that. Um, so the reason why I think it's important that uh we are acknowledged or our voices heard um is generally we don't have as much history, I think, in terms of not only our contributions to like just culture um in terms like you know pop culture and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but also just like in the science field and stuff like that like because alan turing who started the whole thing like he's part of the lgbtq Mm -hmm. community do a lot of people know that no and uh in a lot of like this culture thing like even with the lip sync challenges do they decide to like help educate you know i mean okay i haven't don't quote me on this entirely. Okay. But like, cause I just see like clips that get shared on Facebook. So I just mm-hmm. kind of see the performances, but it's like of
0: lip sync battle of the lip sync battles.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, are they doing much to like raise awareness or contribute, you know, to where they kind of got their influences from. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Um, it's just kind of if, cause in the moment, yes, it's probably not that big of a deal. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a group project or something um, and then someone asks like the team leader like who did what and Mm -hmm. if they say like oh I did this all on my own like in the moment yes it's probably not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. but then when it kind of seems like this constant where a lot of times you're contributing a lot to it and yet you're still not given that due credit um, because then it just kind of seems like our voice is in a way being like muffled or hidden um, other things in my mind that I relate to like when our voices are being heard like with the US Census mm-hmm. um, a lot of times in terms of like getting resources available uh, for like LGBTQ youth like homeless shelters or stuff like that one of the things they say is like well there's not enough statistics on it like how many people is this really going to affect how much is this mm-hmm. and so that's why like the u.s census was such a big deal when it's like they going back and forth it's like we are gonna ask like you know people to like self-identify you know if they're straight they're gay or they're not and looks like they're not gonna do it again and so like that's a chance for like our voice to be heard for us to become like more validated um Mm -hmm. i mean still overall i would say that we've been moving forward because like Marriage was a huge thing for us, you know. So I don't want to say, like, mm, like a total negative Nancy. Like, oh, man, like, nothing is going good for us and, like, all this other stuff. I just want us to just still be aware and, like, see these little things so that way they don't continue to grow, if that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, so is what you're saying that it's... It's just about the recognizing that we're a thing. Yes. In general. Okay. I agree that is something that needs to be addressed. For sure. I do agree that the LGBT community needs that representation, whether it's in Hollywood or in film, you know, cinematic industry, or in journalism or news politically especially and when it comes to people like Alan Turing um, the guy who made the, the first computer and, dis- and figured out the Nazi code and basically helped us win World War II absolutely people should know about that and they should absolutely know about that that he was gay because he was hounded for it and eventually committed suicide because he was so Harassed for it, and so ma- isolated. Even though he w- basically helped win World War II, but when it comes to to Cardi B making funny noises, <laughs> 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 I I just think it's such a small. If it's an offense at all, I think it's just so small to to worry about cardi b making silly noises and not saying where she got those silly noises from you know and i i I, so i understand the recognition part and, and that that's important to it should be important to everybody i mean but it's more like it would be different to me if she were using i'm trying to be very specific so if she were if she were constantly seen and talking about how she hangs out with all of with a lot of lgbt individuals especially drag queens and then she then told everybody that she's coming up with all these new slang words and then mentioned nothing about who she's hanging out with <laughs> and who she got that from yeah i think that that's a little bit of plagiarism um especially if she if she starts putting these things in her songs but i just knowing when i when i Read more about Cardi B and th- especially the things that she says uh, about domestic violence and, and about women who are strippers, basically, and who are basically kind of dismissed by everybody just because they're like, well, you're a stripper, so you're a hoe, so you don't matter. When I see her standing up for those things, that matters more to me than when she makes a funny noise and then doesn't say that she might may or may not have gotten it from drag queens. You know what I mean? And And so... Uh, and Cardi, and man, I I'm not I don't th- I don't want people to think that I'm passionate about Cardi B because I'm really not. Um, <laughs> I might, you know, I might be a little passionate about Cardi B, but I do think she's goofy, and I think that needs to be said. She's definitely silly, a silly person. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, I I don't think it's fair to call her trash. <laughs> but, but we can get into what what actually sparked that was what offset had been saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wanted to know because I saw this, I, I saw your post later, but I had seen somebody else talking about offsets lyrics. And so what happened was he, there was a, a, a line in one of his songs. I don't know the name of the song. I'm sure. I'm sure that people will know it easily where he says, I don't, either mess with or hang out with something about he doesn't fool around with queers is what the lyrics said if that's what we're both talking about or was there another instance that i'm not aware of where he called somebody a faggot
1: uh as far as i know the instance like did uh i mean i think it did use the word faggot okay
0: so maybe that's something else
1: possibly I mean again, I didn't I probably should have like looked into that a little bit more but like I didn't really know much about offset like so much I I don't know know much about offset himself
0: either um but he so this the one the one that I saw when when somebody shared a direct link to it was where I got it from so maybe they were talking about something else than than you were but so this is what I saw was that he said something to the extent the nature of it was I don't mess around with queers, something like that. And when people started to question him and challenge him about that, he responded by taking a screenshot of the word queer. He like he looked it up on an, on the, in the on the internet and took a screenshot of the dictionary definition of queer and said, actually. I didn't mean, like, gay. I meant, like, weird. Um, I meant, like, I believe the official definition was odd, or at least that's what he said. So he was like, I, I didn't mean, you know, f- well, he didn't say fag. In, in this instance, it wasn't faggot, but he. I think he was just saying, no, 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 like, I'm not saying I don't hang out with gay people. I'm saying I don't hang out with, you know, people who, with backstabbers and, and weird people, I think was, was what he was saying, and then Cardi, this is what I saw, and then Cardi was also being questioned about it, too, because they're engaged, or married now, and her response was what you were saying, which is basically, you know, he's never, she she said, I don't, he's never, like, not, he's never purposely not been friends with gay people, he's never treated them differently, like, if you guys, you know, we didn't know that call, that queer was a bad word, basically, and then the LGBT response to that was, why do we have to educate you on queer, um, and so, what I got from that was Offset used the word queer, and in a in a song lyric and people went nuts and maybe righteously so because it does sound like he's saying I don't I don't mess with queers you know it sounds like he's saying I don't want to be friends with you because you're a queer because you're gay Mm -hmm. and then but then when I I saw him responding to it and saying that's not what I meant and then people were kind of saying yes it is what you meant and then when Cardi was saying he's not homophobic. I know him. People were, people, she got backlash for saying that. And so that's how I was seeing that progression. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's where I personally have to draw the line for myself and say, I think people have lost their minds a little bit because when somebody, when you think that somebody says something intentionally offensive and you call them out for it, by all means, I think you should. But when they explain to you then what they actually meant, take their word for it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, because because when when you then say that's not what you meant, then you're speaking for the person and you're not listening anymore. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, The one little interjection that I would have into that is I think, and, it, you know, whether it was like an honest mistake and stuff like that, mm-hmm. are we ever going to really truly know now? Like, because uh, maybe it was just really good publicity and, you know, the right thing to say afterwards. So I'm not going to bother with that so much. More so just, if you look into, like, the hip-hop culture, mm-hmm. there is a huge issue of, like, homophobia in the hip-hop culture. Well, yeah. And there is, yeah. uh, you know, people that get out of the industry that then, like, come out after they're out of the industry because once they did come out during... And again, you know, it is getting better um, but Mm -hmm. you do hear uh, like Macklemore in one of his songs was talking about like, you know, issues of, you know, it's not okay to be gay in the hip hop industry and stuff like that. So I think it just might have once kind of what we talked a little bit earlier about like just the intentions and Mm -hmm. so his intention could have, you know, possibly been to like, I'm just using this like describing odd individual but then, like, the context and the crowd that you're saying it in. Like, if you're saying, like, I don't like queer people in a room full of, like, where homophobia is a huge rampant issue, then you can't really be that surprised that people Mm -hmm. would then take it that way. So I think it was just maybe some more thought, you know, could have been done into it. Could it have been an honest mistake? Sure. Like, give benefit of the doubt. And, like, even if, like he did mean it in a negative way you know probably this experience you know could have changed his opinion you know like Mm -hmm. am i gonna hold it against him forever no like we all make mistakes like Mm -hmm. even in my conversation calling cardi B trash (laughs) probably jumped the gun (laughs) a little bit you know so like you know as long as the outcome of it is now positive Mm -hmm. you know like something good came out of it like that's cool so
0: yeah absolutely and i think i think you do make a good point about how common homophobia is in hip hop culture, and the reason I think that is is because there is a there's also a lot of misogyny too, in mm-hmm. especially rap and in hip hop, and the reason I think both of those things exist is because there both of those problems also exist in minority communities in Black and Hispanic communities, and those are predominantly who make up the hip hop and rap culture. And so when when we see this these expressions of of homophobia and even misogyny it is coming from something much bigger, which is the culture that that also I think needs to be addressed too. But uh, and, and we run into this problem, I see, when, when we talk about things like, have you ever heard of Latinx? I bring that up every once in a while. On
1: yes, because isn't it pronounced, like, Latinx? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's
0: not really a real way to pronounce it. It's yeah. I- The problem with Latinx is, when is that it's basically one culture, which is the English-speaking culture, imposing their ideology onto non-English-speaking cultures, particularly Spanish speaking and so I'm seeing that sometimes with how the social media responds to things for example with what offset said and it's almost like I see one one culture criticizing another one so I see I see the LGBT community and I see the LGBT culture and I see them seeing homophobia in another culture that is completely different and bigger, and the problems are very, very complex and need to be addressed for sure and talked about. It. And, I, and I agree with you that it's getting better because I think people are talking about it more and, and Macklemore saying things about it and not being afraid to tell people that this is what's happening in the industry. But I think that when we're talking about the roots of where that comes from. I I just think we should just be very careful and very mindful of the fact that it's not just coming from a surface level, you know, that was homophobic. Don't ever say that again. Like this is something very, very ingrained subconsciously very, very ingrained into black and Hispanic communities, homophobia, misogyny, um, Toxic masculinity, those things are very very much alive and pervasive in those cultures, just like they are in white culture too mm-hmm. but it's it is different in Hispanic and black culture because well i don't really know why i don't i, I don't know how to explain i don't know how to pinpoint exactly how it's different, but i I, I just I don't want to see... And I, I'm not saying that I think that you're doing this, but I see other people doing this. That, Like when the post that I saw before I even looked at yours, um, I saw it as kind of white culture telling black and Hispanic culture, hey, you guys are really... You guys need to fix this. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, I think they're aware of that. And I think that... I think that they have the ability and they have the and I think everybody has the equal amount of intelligence to fix it as they are doing Mm -hmm. and so I don't want to see I don't want it to look like white culture is basically trying to better black and Hispanic culture by making them more like white culture do you know what I mean and I don't think anybody's doing that on purpose and I don't think that's something people are consciously like yes I'm gonna change that culture over there to be more like mine because mine is right but I do think that's kind of what's being expressed sometimes when we don't take into consideration that this misogyny and homophobia that we're seeing that's ingrained in hip hop culture is also ingrained in an entire community behind that and it's not that I'm saying it shouldn't be addressed and it shouldn't be held and those people shouldn't be held accountable for what they're saying but it's also like I don't it just, som- it just sometimes seems like white culture is imposing onto other cultures just like they are with with Latinx and, and there is a lot of debate about Latinx and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that but the way I saw it anyway was that English speaking people were saying your language is really sexist so you should change it and it's like I don't think they realize how incredibly I don't even know what to call it not not like xenophobic, but just, I don't know what the right word is for it. It's, it's, it was just so ugh, like cringe, mm-hmm. you know, bec- because it's almost, I, I i was really, I'm still, even when I think about it, when I talk about it, it gets, just gets me so riled up because it's like, you can't, you just can't tell people how to talk. You just can't change a language based on your culture because it's not yours to screw with. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead and what do you have to say <laughs> to all that? I said a lot. So.
1: No, it's all good. Um, I think it is kind of like you know, in terms of like pushing, you know, our personal cultures and stuff like that. You know, we sometimes don't think of it as like, hey, like I think I'm going to push, you know, what has like worked for me. Mm-hmm. And like some people might be aware of like okay you know of like white culture, and other times people might not see that they might not see it as like their culture is like on a grander scale, you know it' typically white, they just see it again kind of like a more personal individual kind of idea basis, and so mm-hmm. they may you know once again may have the right intentions coming off as an insensitive swine <laughs> i I do so think like people I do
0: think people mostly have the right intention. I want to yeah. make that clear I don't think that. I don't think that anybody's consciously saying we need to save these savages from their archaic ways. But sometimes that is what it's doing. Uh, (laughs) Is is this, you know, that complex of that kind of Columbus complex of, oh, we have to save these people from their old gods, basically. You know, and... At the same, in the same breath, I do think misogyny and homophobia is are both big problems in Hispanic and Black communities.
1: I think it's also prevalent even in like, uh, at least of the whole LGBTQ, just with the G, like just in the gay community. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Homophobia in terms of like toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. um, because there are some men where. Like, you know, because I have some facial hair, you know, stuff like that, but there'll be some, and I'll be like, your voice is too high. Like, that's too feminine for me. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? My voice? Of all the (laughs) things? why? Wait till they hear your laugh. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I can give you a legitimate (laughs) reason to not like me. Like, it's not that hard. I'm ready for it. Um, Oh, no. uh, But it's just, like, the lack of uh, there's so many ways I could go like about this but generally if people are just like more open to other cultures just in general and not so much of a way of how like if you see someone that's like different or something like how can I make them more like me Mm -hmm. kind of thing in terms of like how can I make this individual fit in my life Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what can i do though like learn from this other side and i think like if we're going to be throwing out solutions here like what should we do to like make this all better i think one of the biggest things we could do is making learning a second language mandatory in schools because i think just with language alone you know if kids learn it as a simple age because if you go to europe um i went to a homestay family uh freshman year of high school Uh, in Austria and so I was like with kids I was like going to their school and they are asking me like well how many languages do you know and I'm just like uh I know English Mm -hmm. I that's like I can say maybe three words in Spanish Mm -hmm. and over there I mean it it does make a little bit more sense because European countries are a lot smaller so you know you can drive have to yeah you can drive like five hours over there and be in another country You drive five hours in Kansas, you're still in Kansas. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) So, um, but, like, they had to learn, like, a minimum of, like, three or four languages. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of, like, not that I want to say, like, everyone is xenophobic or racist or stuff like that. But, like, just when people do talk about, like, well, why do you talk like that? Or when a conversation happens where I don't understand why I have to press two to, like, if I want to speak Spanish, like everyone should just speak English. And I'm just like, but why, mm-hmm. why is it wrong to know more languages? Why is that yeah. something that's like frowned upon? Yeah. So I think like,
0: actually we're not used to it. It's just not, it's just not a value for us.
1: You yeah. Know. Like, cause again, th- it makes, you know, more sense in European countries for them to like, you know, learn other languages. And yeah, it's not as like relevant for us to know it here mm-hmm. in the U S. Um, is it still a good skill to have? Yes, because one, you know, it will make you more marketable. And two, like, when you learn the language of any, like, language, you inherently do learn about the culture. Because then you learn, like, just the way yeah, they use, absolutely. um like, masculine and feminine pronouns or, you know, verb tenses and stuff like that. Like, you inherently learn about that other culture. And so then you kind of learn that just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong Mm -hmm. and I think that's another reason why we try to change everything to be like us just to be like they're not doing it the way I am what they're doing is like it's not really bad Mm -hmm. but it's not right you know so we just try like push that onto other people yeah yeah Yeah. I mean
0: I I yeah I feel like (laughs) I feel like I really missed out um when I refuse, I just, as a kid, I just refused to learn Spanish because I just didn't think it was necessary. I was it's like one of
1: the biggest regrets of my life, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I like, uh, cause I took one semester of it and I got a C mm-hmm. and so like I was learning a lot. I was just, I wouldn't turn in homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I ended up dropping it and not taking anymore. Cause I'm like, I don't want it to hurt my GPA. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. now as an adult, I'm just like, Elon, Damn it. you mm-hmm. should have, you should have done it. should have yeah. stuck with it because you just get so much from it
0: yeah but so what do you think about you know about the things that i was saying in terms of sexism and homophobia in in the hip-hop and and the larger black and hispanic communities and and how that might have played or bled into offset and or cardi b i really don't I really don't think either one of them is homophobic, especially mm-hmm. because I know Cardi B's from the Bronx and I know she must have been surrounded by drag queens and LGBT individuals just everywhere she goes. Honestly, um, I don't know about offset, but you know, I'd like to believe that when she says her husband is not homophobic, that he really is not. So what do you, what do you think about, what i had to say in term in terms of that Mm -hmm. how does Um, that
1: i think settle with you i mean yes things are always getting better Mm -hmm. um just if sometimes people just become complacent and then kind of make i don't want to say this was like a mistake but you know like an instance when this happens where someone says queer Mm -hmm. and then it gets taken like a wrong way it's just kind of like um it does speak a little bit to me, at least in this, my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. like speak to a little bit of like lack of um, self-awareness or lack of awareness of the community that you're kind of speaking in Mm -hmm. and how it's, and again, you can like go one way or the other. You Mm -hmm. could, you know, pinpoint every little thing, every microaggression and be like, Hey, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this not okay? Um, And then just being like, opposite and like we've done our job we're good we can like do whatever i'm confident in it i think it's just constantly being aware um and do i still think there needs to be work in the hip-hop industry i do uh but do i think that change is happening yes Mm -hmm. um we'll definitely be seeing it a lot more you know in the coming years um even with because I think even with in terms of sexism, I think sexism has gone a lot better, more so in terms of um, like strong female rappers or just like uh, female members of the hip hop community, I feel like are now seen more so in the light of being a strong woman, mm-hmm. not just a like, oh, look, it's a slut that's rapping like mm-hmm. that's cool. Um so kind in terms of their of own like, people now. They are their own people with now. Their
0: own label and their own, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like, kind of from the male side, they will still have in a lot of their videos like, the backup dancer chick with mm-hmm. barely half a thong on. And, you
0: yeah, know. yeah. That stuff is still present in like Cardi B's stuff. There's still a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of woman on woman competition. You know, which is which is normal, I think, in some senses. You know, r- men will still talk about it in their songs, even if they're not rappers. Too competition with other guys and bad mm-hmm. friends and and all that stuff. But I, yeah, I do think there's always going to be that presence of misogyny I- in even the women's songs, at least for now. You yeah. Know. But I agree. I, I do think it's getting better, and I especially because cardi b a an afro-hispanic rapper can come out and and defend against her black husband he's not homophobic you know and so it when 10 20 years ago it if he wasn't homophobic it, w- it would have been flipped you know would have been mm-hmm. like of course he's homophobic like we don't we don't mess with queers you know like it would have been so so different like she would not be defending that she would probably be standing next to it if if that's really what he was meaning to say at the time and so yeah yeah, i think it is changing
1: so we are on the right path absolutely just gotta keep us on that path yes (laughs) yes that
0: would be helpful (laughs) well any last comments or or questions or anything you want to talk about um
1: uh well just thank you for allowing me to be on this show. It's been great. I yeah, will, absolutely. For future reference, be more careful of who I call Traz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've learned don't anything, mess with Cardi yeah, though. Don't mess Car- Cardi Cardi's, can't do it. Um, you know, I,
0: I think I, I think I made a mistake. I am definitely passionate about Cardi B. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what happened.
1: Amen. But I
0: love her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but thank you for coming on and talking to me about this. And I hope that. You share this with everybody so they can listen to you to talk about things you love to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely had fun, and I hope people listening will have fun. Um, and so, yeah, I.
1: Shameless self plug follow me on Instagram as EliSoHumble. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> an been amazing moron, but you know,
1: <laughs> you don't question it. Yeah. Uh, Snapchat is Eli so Fly with two Y's at the end because I'm cool. Uh, as much as I talk about Twitter, I'm not on there that much. Um, but yeah, hashtag love yourself, hashtag you are worth it. And if you haven't showered or ate yet today, there is still time to do it. And you'll Amen. feel so much better for doing it, because uh, you are worth it.
0: woo so. Cool. Thank you, Eli. This has been Coalition M on KFHS Radio. I'm your host, Carson Lopez. We'll see you guys next time.
1: I fucking love that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was so
2: good. <laughs> good. Ugh. I'm so-